The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. I think this is more of a, what a, these past years, more of an aberration. Is that my saying? That aberration. Right? Aberration, excuse yeah. me. Rather than the, <laughs> the real them. How much is Crocodile Dundee worth? <laughs> aberration. <laughs> aberration. <laughs> oh, yeah. What's up, baby? It's free agency, and I'm still butchering the English language. You can promise that, and I will do, continue to do so today. Paulie Burmeister, he's in the fold today, officially 50 years old yes. in the mix. Yeah. Birthday party good? Had a good time? Small. Yeah. Really fun, though. Good. Good really for nice. you. Good. It, was, it was a great day. My, my wife was, was a star. Um, she created a day with a lot of... Um, a lot of feel good to it. She had a bunch of my friends write in uh, notes unbeknownst to me. Right. It was really, it was really a cool day. All right. Good. Good. Yeah. You're 50. All right. So get over yeah. it. Let's move on. With <laughs> exactly. Life, okay. We right. got, we got free agency to talk about. Yeah. We got, we got a lot to talk about. I and mean, we had some teams that were some real movers and shakers on Monday. Yeah. Of course, nothing's official yet as far as signed contracts. But we know a lot of terms that are agreed on. Some teams stood out. I think there's a lot of different themes we're going to be able to hit on here through what happened the last 24, 48 hours uh, across the news in the NFL. Uh, but we're here to break it down, and we're going to hit, on, hit it on a little bit of everything here. Um, and I'll try not to butcher the language altogether. A couple times would be Crocodile nice. Crocodile Dundee was on TV, uh, oddly enough, last night. Did you watch it? Oddly, I did. I ha- like one of those movies where I got to yeah. pause and see where it's at, right? right? So he was in the, you know, he's back in New York there. Yeah. He's just meeting, you know, I can't remember her name's boyfriend, who's a real New York douche, right? Right. right? Yeah. You know, he doesn't like him because he's like a man's man and from the, you know, yeah. from the, the wild or whatever else. But that's a little tidbit there. But let's go. Let's dive right into it. I know we got a lot to talk about here. This picture, is this not going to happen? I'm curious what picture you have of me. Oh, 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 my gosh. Look at that. You and Brett Bielema. Wow. Bielema looks good, man. Look at him. I know, right? Got I mean, the, he was a... Uh, I mean, his outfit's not good. First, the jorts are horrible, all right? Horrendous. This is, this is 97, 1997, okay? Right. He's holding two chihuahuas, okay? Right. And Fitting. It yeah, seems like it's his yeah. kind of dog, right? And sure. we are in Costa Rica. Costa Rica. Yeah. 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 You two in Costa Rica. Yeah. Wow. Brett Bilama. Yeah. And you brought the chihuahuas to Costa Rica. They were somebody else's chihuahuas. Can you even remember what that was about? Okay. We we were on a cruise. Right. The the Iowa football uh, staff. Brett was a linebacker coach then. Everybody went on a cruise. Okay. Everybody was married. They brought their spouse. Brett wasn't married. I was living with him. He's like, hey, you want to go on this cruise? I'm like, of course. Sure. So we dock and we get out and somehow that day we ended up in somebody's house with chihuahuas. 
And there, there, there's a story to this that is is not for the pod. Okay. Well, or is it for the pod? That's, yeah, that's that, that's fine. Okay, good. Chihuahuas and Costa We'll stop Rica. there. Okay, yeah. your neck still looks big. His quads and arms look pretty good. Yeah. It's not – they're chihuahuas. All right, yeah. Well, you know what I just found out recently, just while we're on this real quick, yeah, okay? Yeah. You know, what's the dog that's, like, real in vogue, the small dog that, like, Lady Gaga just lost? Yeah, they're, like, carried around in bags. What the hell is that, that dog called? Toy something? I mean, Pete? hold on, Pete. I'm trying – I'm waiting for Pete to save me here. Yeah. I know. Hold on. I'm going to look it up, too. French Bulldogs. That's yeah, yeah. what it is. French yeah. Bulldogs. Do you have one? Well, no. And, they, you know, this is, this is where I challenge the universe a little bit. Yeah. Okay? You know – like, I'm not a huge little dog fan. I have a little dog, Toto. He's a Karen Terrier, right? Yeah. And I have the, you know, Bentley, my German Shepherd. <laughs> but these French Bulldogs. Yes. They can't give birth without human help. Because mm. the heads are so, so massive. So they have to have C-sections. Yeah. Are you a real animal if you can't really give birth? I'm just throwing the challenge flag out there. I was there. not ready for this. Well, yeah, now yeah. you know. I know. Don't we get yourself in trouble, you know. With the, the, the activists for the French Bulldogs here, but, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I found that out. We have an English Bulldog in our house. <laughs> I've, a, I've not asked him how he, how he came into the world. But oh, yeah. you have a French Bulldog? English. English Bulldog. Like well, yes. big, you know, yeah. Well, yeah, in, yes, right. Which English dogs were the opposite. Like, they were made to look the way they were look, actually through bad breeding. Did you know that? Right. That's why they, but, from, but, the ab- from the Aborigines. The, the Aborigines, <laughs> you never know. But that, that French Bulldog thing, I'm just saying it. You know, feel free to comment on Twitter about that. Are you a real animal if, if you can't really give birth to your breed? I, I, I don't think you are. We'll get to your answers on, on right, Twitter next You're a next man-made week. animal. Get back to me on that <laughs> and let me know, fellow doesn't listeners. Count. All right, okay. let's do it. The, the, there's, no, there's no real segue that's not a harsh 180 from yeah. that to what the Patriots did or what they have done in the last 24 hours. They're not they're dogs anymore. to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, tight end, Jonu right. Smith and Hunter Henry. Two weeks ago we sat right here and thought both those teams maybe should, should keep them because they were so valuable. Yeah. Who would have thought they'd both end up in the Patriots – Two wide receivers in Aguilar and Bourne, edge rusher Matthew Judon. I mean, they, they went nuts. Killed it. I, I mean, I don't think you can sit here through the first, you know, what, what are we at now? Not even a full 24 hours? They've, they've won free agency to this point. And this is a team that normally, like, maybe they sign one right. every couple, three well, years. But this is an aberration. Yeah, well, this is, it is. It yeah. was the first year in 20 years that they've had to actually rebuild their team. So let's not forget True. about that. It's a conversation I had with Florio a little bit this morning where he says, we never see this. Right? We've never seen them come off a 7-9 and nine season yeah. in a long time. Right? It's the first time they have legitimate holes on their roster and there's some rebuilding to do. Okay? You know, here, this is the first thing I want to hit off. Yep. We're going to talk about the Patriots. Yes. It starts with the fact that they signed a quarterback named Cam Newton yep. this, this, this weekend. Mm-hmm. And what I don't understand is just the crap fest on Cam Newton. But why? I mean, they, they I seven and nine, as you brought it right, up. Right, right. There were a number of games where not only did they not win, yeah. they couldn't put together a scoring drive. Right. I, I understand that, you know, and I know it wasn't his best, but they were also seven and nine, like we said, and there's a few games in there where you go, it's coming down to the end and they're going to win the game. And yes, okay, maybe he fumbled. We've talked about the Kansas City game, right. you know, the Denver game, the first game back from COVID. Those to me were flukish wins. Like, I mean, flukish losses, I would almost say. And there's even another close game. that I, Oh, the Seattle Seahawks game. They're on the one-inch yard line going into the score in week two. So they're this close from going 10-6 and six and being a totally different team. I know it wasn't perfect with Cam Newton. Now, you know, 
I, I, I would love to take the temperature now of everybody in New England and go, well, how do you feel with this team around Cam Newton? Because mm-hmm. first off, this offense fits him. But here's just the aspect I don't like with the Cam Newton conversation. Yeah. I understand the throwing wasn't perfect. I get that. I've still seen enough years of really, really good throwing to where I'm not going to just go, oh, he had, you know, a few bad games throwing the football in a really odd, odd year on a new team with no offseason. I'm not going to go, oh, I'm going to wipe away nine good years of throwing because I saw those two or three. I understand it's not perfect, but here's what bothers me more than, than that, too. Because all I see is his stats. Right. Are you touchdowns? Ten interceptions. Eight touchdowns? Ten interceptions. Well, fuck you. Sorry, and that would be my last swear. It is rare. It is rare to see more touchdowns I don't care. Picks. But th- that's not part of his game. So why doesn't anybody talk about the 12 touchdown rushes he gave mm-hmm. the football team and, the fi- and, and like, the f- almost 600 yards rushing? Mm-hmm. Let's add that. Oh, now it's 20 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. Not really that bad when you talk about it that way. Plus – we, even with these signings that I'm going to get into here in a second and all that, it's not going to be about great passing stats. Right. You know, he could have an, an amazing year next year, and he's going to be – it could be 17 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. And we can go, that was, I mean, he had a hell of a year. And then they'll win, and then they'll have the rushing touchdowns, and everybody will talk about it that year. Where mm-hmm. they'll go, well, and he had 14 rushing touchdowns, so really he had 31. But if it's a year <laughs> you're going to crap on him, we're not going to bring that part up. And that's what I don't like about it. Now, getting back to the free agency, Hold on. they killed it. I want to stay with Cam. Yeah, okay, cool. And we'll definitely get to the free agency part of mm-hmm. it. But a couple of good questions here from Twitter. At David Poping, is Cam really the answer in New England, or is he just a stopgap for one of your top six quarterbacks in the class? Well, I, I, again, I think now – all right, so here, here let's, let's, that's a very good question. One, in my heart of hearts, do I think New England really wanted Jimmy Garoppolo back? Yes, in my heart of hearts, I do. Still could happen? Still. I don't think so anymore. Okay. I don't. I think that ship has sailed. I don't think New England's the type of team that's going to bring two guys in, divide the locker room, and have this like you know total polarizing effect on mm-hmm. their football team. And they're okay. not about that. And uh, you know, I, I just from my time there, things Josh McDaniels used to say to me, I just don't believe that's their belief. So I think that ship sailed and gone. But do I think they really wanted Jimmy G? Yeah, I do. But I also think they're a team that they want to get started on building their team and what their vision is for 2020. So they couldn't sit there and wait for the 49ers to deal and wait, what, maybe two, three more weeks? I don't know how long it's going to take. But either way, the 49ers aren't going to just trade Jimmy G unless they got a quarterback in their hands too. And anybody who's been listening to me over the last month, I've been saying, you know, I, if I could align the stars and call my shot. Oops, there goes Zach, Zach, Dak Prescott. Good thing he Man, got that contract. Good thing he just got paid. He's, he's got security there. Um, but but – you know, and yeah, I always thought there'd be a good chance the Jets draft Zach Wilson, Sam Darnold's on the trade block, mm-hmm. the 49ers take that, Belichick and Shanahan are close, and Shanahan will call Belichick and be like, hey, I'm going to get Sam Darnold, do you want Jimmy G? Mm. And something would go down that way. But I don't think New England was willing to wait, so that's why they had to do it. Better options out there? I don't know if there really is better options out there, you know? And you've got to take into account the way their team is built to go along with that. And they are built through the run. They have a special offensive line, arguably a top five. I mean, it's definitely one of the best run-blocking O-lines in football. Overall, it's probably in the top five conversation. So, yes, I don't think there was the options out there that they really liked. Mm-hmm. I think Cam Newton kind of fit what they want to do as a complete offense and football team that way. They want to play defense. They're going to run the ball. And Cam, of course, affects the run game and all of that. 
And I think they're, they feel probably the same way what I'm saying, to go, that was the worst possible year he could have thrown the football. We think that he can still be better than that. Now, to the quarterback thing yep. with this year's draft, what this does do is maybe this is – and I, I don't think New England takes a quarterback in the first half, in the first half of the first round. Okay. I don't think it's going to be that. Second round. But I do wonder second round. And maybe if they'll even go the running quarterback route a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that's where I get into the, you know, again, I, I would be one. I would not draft Trey Lance in the first round. I love some of his skills. There's no way I'm going to draft him, a guy that raw, who hasn't played that much football or thrown that many passes in the first round. But somebody will. Maybe, I think. Uh, to me, Don't I'm still going to be see the guy. I still think as it goes here, you're, he'll be the guy that falls to the second. Really? I really do. I do. And I probably think that with my guy from Texas A&M, but for the opposite reasons. There's not enough hype there for the first round. But maybe what I'm basically getting back to is I guess I feel like that might open the door for them to draft that kind of guy in the second round. A, kind of a dual-thread guy. Mm-hmm. Hey, we don't need you to come in here and you know, tear people up in the passing game right off the bat because we have this running game and we can take advantage of your running ability and do those type of things. Just inter- interesting, something to watch out for, something yep. that certainly has crossed my mind. You know, we'll see Jarrett Stidham from all indications. We'll see. I don't know where that goes. He might be the backup. I wouldn't be shocked if he's not on the team there. Yeah. The way he, by, he fell by the wayside yeah, a lot there. changed in a year there. Well, yeah, yeah if he fell by the wayside. And, and you know, I, I think really what's, what's disheartening is they didn't like what they saw on the field, which, one, yeah, you, I, I can't blame them. When he came in on mop-up duty, it wasn't real impressive last year. And then the last thing, too, is, I mean, it just seemed like Cam went in there and just was like, oh, no, screw you, it's my job. And there was not even a competition. Right. And that is not going to sit well with like, people. They're going to be like, damn, you're just going to lay down? Yeah. That, that's not the New England way. So uh, we'll, we'll see. But either way, that's just my Cam Newton thought there a little bit. Getting us into the free agency and what yeah. they've done this last day. Yeah, let's do it. So many big names, so many different uh, positions addressed. L- let's start here. What, of all the guys they sign, yeah, or they're going to sign, right? Your favorite move is well, mm, it, it's probably it's probably the the John o. Smith. Okay, I think so. I mean, just he excites me a, a lot, and for what he can do to that offense, he's multiple. You know, the the thing about the Patriots and everything here is. You know, it, everybody's multiple. Yeah. Now, and, you know, you might go, whoa, 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 who cares? What about multiple? Well, for New England, it's real. There's other teams where I want to go, oh, you got a player that's multiple. I mean, but you don't do multiplicity. You guys just put that guy in that spot all the time. For New England, it is really real. We've always talked about the different game plans from week to week and all that. Jonu Smith can be a slot receiver, a tight end, a second tight end, an H-back, a fullback. He can do everything. So you can move him around and never really have the matchup of personnel on defense versus that offense that you mm-hmm. might not like. That's Don't you have to look at it, too, or examine it right. with Hunter Henry now, too? Well, definitely. And he's, he's similar that way, too. Oh, here's a tight end in the traditional spot with Jonu Smith. Hey, here's the next play. They're split out a wide receiver. And now, wait, we kept in our extra linebackers because we thought they were going to run the ball, and now you're mix-matched again, too. So, that's, yes, that plays into it. Mm-hmm. Let alone you got a guy like Cam Newton, the quarterback, and you're going to be able to do all these cool things off the run game and the fakes and his the quarterback run game. They're going to put people in big-time binds there. 
you know, New England is about versatility. One, yes, because they have versatile game plans week to week. Oh, this week we got to kind of do a 3-4. This week we got to kind of do a 4-3. You know, this week we need two tight ends and we're going to run the ball. We think that's the weakness of this defense. Oh, next week, well, we got to spread it out a little bit. You know, this team, this team we're playing this week does stop the run, but they're weak in the secondary. So that's the way they play, let alone at positions like tight end and some of these other positions you see, they're not going to just let, like, one injury ruin right. the team to where they go, no, we can't play that set anymore. So now they have a lot. They have these two guys, Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith, who are special. And then they have two young guys in Dalton Keene and Asiya uh, C, who's really talented, who can kind of be the backups and continue to start, still learn to be pros and go that way. But they don't have to depend on them to be studs right now. And I think that's where Belichick really likes the value of those two tight ends, too. Which passing game tandem in the free agent signing do you think will help the most? Smith and Henry or out wide or slot and wide, Aguilar and Bourne? They're, 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 I mean, they got the under-the-radar gems at receiver. That, you know, again, it goes into New England. Which one am I more excited about? Probably the tight ends, but not by a whole lot. Okay. I mean, you heard – I guarantee Kyle Shanahan's hurt that Bourne's gone. They wanted to keep Bourne. Bringing me to this question, right. at Philippe C. Bourne, they right. signed the Niners' number four receiver. How does that help? Yeah, it's not the number four receiver. He's the number two receiver, the number three receiver. That's what he's been. Mm-hmm. He's not the number four. Who's, who's four? Who's, it's Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and Kendrick Bourne. You know, yeah, I mean, George Kittle's a tight yeah. end, if that's what we're talking about there. But, no, he was a legit, legit number two receiver and a really good number three, like out of this world number three. Mm. So I, I promise you Kyle Shanahan's disappointed. They made and said they wanted him back. He even made comments last week in the media that I, I want to come back here, but mm. I just want to see what's out there in free agency. You know, with him and Aguilar, first off, they have big playability. I mean, Bourne and Aguilar can go 70 yards over the top. And then they're very good route runners off of that. So now, oh, we don't need the deep passes this week. We want to run, you know, jerk routes or fake the crossing route and come back out or a post corner versus cover two where we need you to make three different cuts and flatten it out. They could do all that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's where it's going to be great, too. And you won't be able to pin them to one position. They both can play X and be like, hey, we're on the line of scrimmage. We got size, and we can get off and beat you deep just with our pure talent. But they could also play Z and the slot receiver and do the more intricate route running stuff too. So there again, you have versatility and mismatch. So you put those two guys on the field with those two tight ends. There's so many things they can do. And so, so what did New England fans want? The thing I see on social media is all about Kenny Galladay, Connie Galladay. Oh, so you want to pay basically – all the money to Kenny Galladay. You'd rather have these two than yes. that one. A guy that's, you know, was hurt all last year, and now we're going to pay him $19, $18 mm-hmm. million dollars a year. New England's not going to do that. They're not. Let alone they're not looking at themselves and being like, oh, we need to be the most high-octane pass offense in football. They want guys that can do the dirty work and then can take advantage of what's there to be had within their system. And that's where Aguilar and, and Kendrick Bourne are really damn good. At JK Takes, yeah. would like to know, is this still a bottom third wide receiver core? Um, I, I don't think so. I'd have to look at it as a total there right now. But uh, Upgrade from bottom to middle? Maybe? Uh, yeah, probably in the middle-ish. But, like, 
has potential to be better than that. Mm-hmm. It, it really does. You know, I, John Gruden, I, I mean, he loves Aguilar. I guarantee that was another one. a good year. Yeah. New England was smart here. They looked at guys and they said, wait, we have a lot of money. The 49ers and Raiders don't have a ton of money. They have a lot of holes to fill. Yeah. What's the price we can kind of bid both of these teams out of it for? Yeah. Where they just go, damn, that's a little too much for us. We got a few other things we need to worry about on our team right now. And that's the New England way. I thought they were brilliant moves. I really did. So thinking of wide receiver yeah. at Charlie Roseman says, now spinning it forward, do the Pats still need to address receiver in the draft? I mean, there's no pressure there. Now there's no more pressure on the end Keel Harry thing. Would it be a mistake to, to spend a top three pick on, on a receiver? I, 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 can't, I don't imagine them doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Demir Bird's still pretty good. Uh, and, I, I, you know, he might be a free agent. i got to look that, look that up, actually. I th- in fact, I think he might be a free agent, isn't he, Pete? Um, but, 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 you know, and then there's the Julian Edelman factor. We'll mm-hmm. see. I know we got a knee issue. We're not sure if he'll ever be back or totally right. normal the same or whatever that may be. But I think as a whole, yeah, I look at those two receivers, and again, yeah, they're not going to be sexy, but it's really damn good. And New England, you know, again – it doesn't need to be superstar receivers. Mm-hmm. You know, for the same reason everyone goes, well, Brady never had superstars. Yes, because they're always open. As long <laughs> as they have a little talent, they're open. The numbers would tell you that Brady threw to more open receivers in the history of football than anybody. So why would they have to go out and spend for big-time receivers when they know they can get Real good receivers open all the time, and I think that's their approach they take there. You've said here a couple times that the Patriots don't need to have an explosive big-time passing game to win with the way they want to play. Right. I know you tweeted yesterday they still need an explosive running back. Ty Christensen tweets and asks, so are you not a fan of Damian Harris? I am a fan of Damian Harris. I like him, but he's not like a definitive number one game-breaking running back. You know, again – we're talking about a guy who ran high four fives. That's mm-hmm. 213 pounds, and you know had I know 500 yards or 600 yards rushing. But damn, we're just gonna—he's the guy. Oh, he's superstar. No, no, it's the NFL. We just—the Patriots are gonna be built around the run game. James White's a free agent. Rex Burkhead's a free agent and tore his ACL. Sony Michelle has never been healthy since he got there. Yes, they need another guy. If your team is going to be about running and tight ends, going back to that again, you need more than one of those kind of guys. So, yes, you know, the 49ers don't just get one running back and mm-hmm. go, we're good. We're yeah. just going to roll the dice that he stays healthy all year. Right. Or the 49 or the, the Saints. You know, the teams that are like that, the Minnesota Vikings, they all have a really good number two. And the Buccaneers, Pete, did you just tell me that they're talking to James White? So there you go. They're yeah. going to look at a James White. Yeah, I mean, it, I feel like if they were going to sign James White, that would already happen. So yeah. they, he's probably priced himself yeah. out a little bit that way, and mm-hmm. they're going to go a different route. But, you know, again, as, again, don't always just look at the stats either. It's about what's there to be had. And I like Damian Harris, but he's not like a game breaker. Yeah, I'd like to see them get one other guy involved there. Mm-hmm. And you have a different style in how you can approach. Here's a sledgehammer who's going to, you know, you got to put on your big boy pads. And, yeah, he can break out the pack and get 20 and 30-yard runs. But I, I would like to see them bring in a little bit of a, a, a slasher, a big play mm-hmm. guy to go along with it, especially if you're going to run that Cam Newton shotgun, Which fake speed yep. sweeps, and do all that type of stuff too. 
a lot of positive reaction, and I, I think their signings warrant it to what the Patriots have done. I know with the number of players they signed that it can't be all positive. So let's kind of put a cap on the Pats here by pointing out what might be your least favorite move or one of the signings they went with where you were like, I don't, I don't know about that. I, there's not one. not one. There's not. I mean, even, you know, D- Devon Godshaw. Yeah. Uh, he's anybody that's listened to my Bleacher Report podcast back in the day. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a killer inside. He is perfect. You know, so he's got a he's got the Brian Flores. Oh, I know what to expect in this defense, anyways. Yet they need size up front. How many times last year did we talk about on the podcast that oh man, the Patriots are playing a running team? Uh oh, they're gonna have to load the box. They're gonna have to put a lot of pressure on their secondary because they have no interior D linemen or no special outside linebackers. So you got. Godshaw, who's a double team eater, he could be a three four two gap guy. You got Matt Judon. You like a, that investment? I love that, that was investment. Was a big ticket item there, Matt Judon. And again, it won't be about twelve and thirteen sacks a year. It's going to be a lot of seven and eight and nine sacks a year. But it's also going to be phenomenal in the run game and multiplicity. Mm-hmm. It's going to be oh three four outside linebacker. Oh four three defense end. Oh you're strong enough on third down. We'll line you up over the guard here. Stand up and see if you can beat him with your speed. You have enough strength to hang in there with him, too. He's got so many different things he can do. I love Jalen Mills, a scrappy nickel corner. He's going to be perfect for their football team. You know, Henry Anderson, not a lot of money, but it's along what they it's, – it's a guy that's like, ooh, when he's healthy, he yeah. does pretty good, and he can do a lot of things on, you know, the defensive Sounds side Sounds like of the ball. your guy Josh Allen's in trouble in that division now. It's not going to be any – it's not going to be – they closed the gap. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. And, yeah, I mean, again, they were 7-9 and nine and real close last year. So I can't really say a lot of negative. I, I, as a football guy, really liked what the Patriots did yesterday. Pleasant surprise to see them get out there and do that, wasn't it? It really was. Yeah. It's rare. It's ra- very Good news rare. Day. Yeah. Thinking of pleasant surprise, yeah. moving over to the NFC and the Buccaneers. Right. Last couple weeks, every time the Buccaneers came up, it was, it was hard for me to pick which side I wanted to be on. Should they keep Godwin? Should they keep Barrett? Because there's no way – they can keep both. No way they can find a way to keep both. They got both those guys, and they keep Levante David. I know. And they keep Gronk. So right. speaking of pleasant surprises, I didn't see that one coming up. No, either. no, I, I didn't either. I mean, I really didn't. You know, they, they obviously knew what they were doing. And franchising Godwin, you know, maybe that was the one guy they realized, well, if he gets on the market, we might not be able to Brady wanted to let him go. Pay, yeah, I mean, so that's big time. But my, my big overall thought, it's just so rare to see a, a, a Super Bowl winning team with this many free agents right? keep the team intact. Yeah. It's really rare. What do you read into that? And I think one, you know, Jason Light's done a really good job of balancing the checkbook and do those type of things. But they had a good gauge or feel for the market too. You know, as far as okay, let's Shaq Barrett, you know, be a free agent for a few hours. We don't think the market's going to be quite where he thinks it's going to mm. be. You know, and I think that's probably where he wasn't franchised. Maybe they were like, oh, we're going to see if we can get 20, 21 million a year, something like that. And they're like, okay. You know, but I think maybe they realistically thought, like, it's going to be less than that, and we can come in and swoop in on that. Yeah. You know, or see if you can find a better deal. This deal's here to be had. Florio said that this morning. This deal's here. We'll keep it here for a little while. You mm-hmm. can go out and make a few phone calls. But we're not going to keep this here forever, and you have to do something. Yeah. And I think they found guys that weren't, like, overall greedy. You know, right. that's, that's the other thing. Levante David didn't try to kill it. He probably yeah. could have got more out there in the I free agent so market, right? Yeah. They keep Godwin. 
uh, as far as the, the franchise tag. Yeah. So that speaks for itself. Brady restructures his deal. Mm-hmm. And that helps, I'm sure, with the Shaq Barrett stuff. And, right. and now you got Gronk. It's amazing. I, I mean, I'm really shocked. I did not think we would be sitting here saying they kept all these yeah, guys. I, I don't know these guys personally, and I don't know their motivations. But I see something like this with Levante David staying there. And you mentioned you probably could have got more elsewhere. Yeah. I like to read into it and think, you know, maybe he's in there thinking, I'm better if Devin White's next to me because – I'm not the linebacker they're sure. most worried about on my team, so that's going to make me play even better. Maybe there's some of that thought that's kind of, a, I don't know, bigger picture intelligence so. as well. I don't, I, don't, I don't doubt that at all. I mean, just that, hey, I thrive here. This yeah. is made for me, this environment, this scheme. Plus, we're really good. And, you know, at least with, like, Levante David, he could sit there and go, I've made pretty good money through my career to this point. Mm-hmm. So, a million and a half, two million dollars per year is not going to make or break me, you know, to where I got to go somewhere new, figure out their style of play, you know, adapt to their culture, move my family and do all that. Yeah. You know, so no, really uh, amazing what Tampa Bay did. And we'll see what they do with, you know, Sue and Antonio Brown and Leonard Fournette yeah. now. And thinking about that, right. uh, next question there, who do you prioritize as a must bring back free agent now between Antonio Brown, Leonard Fournette and Dominic and Sue? Ryan suck up. Ooh, I mean, you know, the kicker, the kicker is a real thing. Um, I haven't really gauged the kicking market, so I'm not going to be able to sit there and give you some numbers or anything to think that way. But the one I think to prioritize there, I would think it's Sue is one. Sue is still a space eater up front and disruptive. Hmm. You know, so that's a, I mean, it might be a one-year deal. But Leonard Fournette, there's Ronald Jones there. Maybe James White. He's the guy, yeah. And that's, there's, there's free agent running backs, the draft. I would think Fournette's going to try to just get a little bit of cash in here for the last few years be of his elsewhere. career. Yeah. Be the true number one guy, at least. Or, or, you know, in the mix to sharing with somebody else. I think Ronald Jones is going to be the guy in yeah. Tampa. Um, you know, don't forget, Fournette, yes, it was really good at the end, but it was also because Ronald Jones had a hamstring injury, and that was the big reason why Fournette got all those carries. Antonio Brown's the guy, again, I'll say, you know, especially with Godwin back, now he becomes expendable. You know, I, I have said earlier today you think on the TV one show. Of those, you think either one of those guys is back? I don't think Fournette will be back, and I think the more now that this has gone the way it's gone, I would bet you Antonio Brown's not back either. Yeah. Is he going to come back for the minimum for his age? At Probably this point, not, yeah. I wouldn't think so. Yeah. You know, is he guaranteed? Like, like I've said to Florio, like, if he's better than Scotty Miller, it's barely. Right. I mean, it's not like, oh, my gosh, it's such a difference. Why would they let Antonio Brown go? Mm-hmm. No. Scotty Miller's actually, uh, I've said, is actually faster and more scary as far as big plays are, are, are talked about. And cost less. And, and cost less, right. I, I would think Antonio's going to try to cash in a little bit here and find a place where he can maybe be the number two and have a role. He's not going to be the number two in Tampa. He is no better than the three at the very best. And that's why I would say no, he's probably not there. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, 
the Marines. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Okay, so we, we kind of got to the Buccaneers talking yeah. about or Levante David re-signing. Right. They've done a nice job with that inside of that building. Thinking of other re-signings around the league. Yep. What are you willing to call the most crucial? We've got the Rams with Leonard Floyd, Lions, Romeo Okwara, Packers, Aaron Jones, 49ers, Kyle Juszczyk. Yeah. Got some pretty good options there. Yeah, there, there are some good options. I think the two that popped to me, you know, you said Aaron Jones. Um, I know you said Juicy J and, and Kyle Juszczyk there mm-hmm. with the 49ers. Leonard Floyd. And who was the other one, the first one you said there? Uh, Okwara? Okwara, right. Okwara, which is a really solid, good player. One of the special guys they have on their front seven in Detroit. But I think if I'm going to boil it down to most importance, I'm probably going to go Leonard Floyd one. Mm. Floyd is, you know, he's on the Chris Sims all-star team. I love him. I really do. Everything that he brings to the table. Uh, Again, I think he got a bad rap in Chicago because he was a top ten pick and he didn't get enough sacks. But you're talking about... You know, a team that doesn't have great depth. Um, High-level talent is important to them for the way their team is orchestrated. And, you know, he's a special football player, which, again, the versatility of what he can bring to the table and do all that. Right. I'll say he's number one. I'll say Juszczyk's number two Hmm. out of that group. Yeah. Ahead of of Aaron Jones. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead of Aaron Jones just because – And, again, I like Aaron Jones. There's no doubt. He's got the big playability and all of that. Like, could they survive that running back with a little bit of a lesser guy? Yes, they could have. It wouldn't have been as good or as sexy or maybe as dangerous and all that. But I do think they could because I still think that offense revolves around Rodgers, his pass game, him getting into the right place and all of those things, let alone they have a very good offensive line. But where Shanahan – so much of his game plan, a little bit like we talked about with New England and the tight ends, is predicated around what do you do when I have Kittle and use check on the field? How do you approach you? You're going to play nickel? You're going to play base? How are you going to do this? Oh, you're going to play nickel. You're going to play pass defense. Okay, we'll get in traditional run sets, and here mm-hmm. we go. And now he's an extra tight end. Or, oh, wait, he's a fullback, and we're changing, you know, the strength of the run plays, and then you're nickel, and we're in a good running, you know. So that's to where he's important. He does all of those type of things, let alone he's a real weapon out of the backfield. I mean, for what he does at fullback and even, you know, lining up as that H-back and doing things that way, uh, Shanahan's game is, of course, based off the run and the play action, and that's where Juszczyk is real special. So I'll make him too. I think it's an underrated part that you bring up about Juszczyk because when you have Kittle and Juszczyk on the field, as a quarterback or an OC or a play-calling head coach, you're looking for any kind of tell. 
what can I put in the field where maybe they'll tell me without right. wanting to tell me what they're playing? Right. And th- that's huge to have him that's out there. That's what he does. It's a, it's a New England thought. It's yeah. just going into like what Hunter Henry. It's smart. Oh, okay, now you're playing a run defense. All right, well, use check and Kittle can split out. Yeah. And, oh, oh we got Kittle split out this one. And now use checks in the backfield with our other tailback. So you still got to, re- oh, we might still run it. I don't know. What are you going to do? Oh, no. Oh, we faked the run. It's play action. Juszczyk still got out in a route out of the fullback position, and Kittle's running down the middle of the field. And yeah. we got two. So that's what that value is. And to me, that's like a, a real key piece for Shanahan yeah, exactly. and, what he, and, and what he wants. Every time I see the name Kyle Juszczyk and have for the last, let's say, decade, he's been in the NFL. Right. Senior Bowl, the year he's coming out. Sure. Okay, day one of the Senior Bowl. I'm right. down there hosting with Mayock and Charles Davis. And at the end of, end of each day early, I would say every year, Hey, give me a name. We don't know yet. Smaller school that you think you better get to know this one because right. he's going to be pretty good. And Mayock had Kyle Juszczyk yeah. and really spoke well of him. Was right. like on the Monday, I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah. Asked him a couple follow-ups on it. I remember walking off the set, uh, a certain boss who shall remain nameless cornered me and was all over me because I let Mayock talk about this kid who was never going to play in the NFL. Oh, I didn't challenge him. He's not going to be a player. How can you do that? Right. And he just kind of walked away. Right. And every time I see Juszczyk doing well now, I think of that scene. I'm like, uh, the old TV boss, huh? Playing billion-dollar owner, telling everybody what the football what do you know? what's going on. Yeah. What do you know? Yeah. I produce TV shows. <laughs> I, so know, good for Kyle. I know personnel. Good for Kyle for bringing back that memory all the time. Good, yeah, good. Yeah. good for, I, I mean, I have strong memories to Juszczyk, too. How so? Juszczyk was on the, the Patriots radar hard. He was there in Harvard, right? Mm. Yeah. I was right working the for the Patriots then. I was at his pro day. In the in you know at Harvard and at Total their stadium, Patriot guy. So, but yes, he was one of those guys that, yeah, I think you know a lot of the good offensive minds or teams that have a real clue kind of had their eye on to be this mm. type of guy, and yeah, he has got a great build, and he's one of those guys that could have gone to probably a better school football wise, but went to Harvard for life reasons and all of sure. that, and still worked out you know plenty fine. You, you want to pour some salt on a wound there with the Aaron Jones idea? Well, what about it? You want to go there? Yeah, okay. go ahead. At Andre Brown Jr. Right. tweets, how should Aaron Rodgers feel knowing that although the Aaron Jones signing deal helps him, this shows the Packers essentially wasted last year's draft? I don't know if that's true or not I, because I they did get Dylan. They got Dylan. He'll be the, you know, the second guy in charge here. He'll be, yeah. the, he'll be the hammer, right, the hammer guy who comes in. Um, I, I guess why re-sign Jones if you have Dylan? I don't know. No, it's uh, because... You already went through this. It's nice to have two or three good guys. It, it, you you got to have that. It, it's still an offense that likes to run the football. And the big thing is Dylan is a true sledgehammer. We've seen him in person when he came to yeah. you know Notre yeah. Dame and ball. He's not a guy that, yeah, he could maybe break a 30- or 40-yard run occasionally when the Red Sea parts, right? But, no, it's going to be a lot of more of like, ooh, that's a good five-yard run. Yeah, ooh, that's a, a good eight-yard run. That's right. Jones is a home run hitter. Jones is their Raheem Mostert, right? Their kind of guy where, hey, we want to, you know, we want to toss this out on the edge and we're going to, you know, run 98-bunch crunch and crack down the edge and we're hoping to get him a seam to where he can go 70 yards up the sidelines. He's a home run hitter that way. So that's why they get him. I mean, yes, am I still disappointed by the 20 20- 20 draft for the Packers to our, our to our uh, listeners question yes I am <laughs> I, I still am pissed about that all right Drew Brees officially retires welcome to NBC Drew Woo-woo. Saints re-signed Jameis Winston 
So handicap the Winston-Taysom Hill quarterback competition. Who do you think starts week one? I'm going to give Taysom Hill the advantage there just because I feel like that's Peyton's guy. He's been there. They made that call last year? Yes. He was the true backup last year. I think he'll get first right of refusal or first right to lose his job as far as that's, that's concerned. Um, you know, I, again, the way the Saints are built, with their offensive line and doing those type of things, you know, I think you could see a New Englandy type of approach with him at quarterback. Yeah, they're going to run the ball, smash mouth. You know, the looks will be pretty easy in the pass game. He'll throw off that and make the appropriate throws and do all of that. But, yeah, I'm going to go with Taysom Hill. But it's a really smart sign by the New Orleans Saints and by Jameis Winston. I'm so glad Jameis Winston didn't chase, I agree. you know, fool's gold or something like that. This is the spot. No one – was going to get let you just go and be the guy. And if they were, it was like teams like Chicago where I'd go, oh, you could go there and your whole career could be over in one yeah. year. That goes the wrong way. And I would also say to Chicago, like, you guys already have that, you know, bad, you know, uh, the bad aura around you about you can't evaluate quarterbacks and now you're going to bring Jameis Winston? Yeah. That would be an, a disa- disaster for them. So uh, that was a smart move by them. You know, they got a, a, a quarterback in Taysom Hill who certainly can get banged up. Jay's, you need a good backup. Mm-hmm. They're still a really good football team, even though they got some salary cap to work with, uh, you know, some issues here, but they're in a better spot. Um, yeah, good for Jameis, good for the Saints. Thinking about quarterback, I think this is one of the most thought-provoking signings of the last day. Ryan Fitzpatrick to Washington. Yeah, what do you think? You're, I think, first of all, it's a, it's a crazy sign of how things change in, in less than a year. I mean, middle of last season – even though it's not going well with Dwayne Haskins, you kind of think, okay, that, that's probably their quarterback right. in the future. Maybe it'll be Alex Smith. Right. Those guys aren't going to be there. Yep. Heineke's there, who was taking graduate school classes, not on a roster, yeah. in December. And now it's, it's uh, Fitz as well. Yeah. So um, that's my first thought. It's just crazy, the turnover and the change of tone they've had there. It is. You know, they got Kyle Allen there. I guess the real thought is, is this it? Is this the quarterbacks they're going to go with for the year? Would you rather see Fitzpatrick? Let's say they don't go quarterback in the draft. Yeah. Okay, and it's between Fitzpatrick and Heineke to, to be the guy to start the season. Which it's going to be Fitzpatrick. I mean, what? it's going to be because you he's saw getting, Heineke in the playoffs. I know, though. but it's, it's, one, it's one game against a guy who's done it for a long time, and the money just tells you everything you need to know. It's 10, mil? 10 million compared to one, a guy that got 2 million. Yeah. So they're going to make Fitzpatrick the guy. And they're going to feel good that Heineke and Kyle Allen are there back behind them and doing all of that. Should they prioritize it in the draft still? I don't, don't be forced into a corner. Don't just take a quarterback to take a quarterback just because everybody says you need to. I think this is what this does. What if? Yeah. What if Kellen Mond's there at 19? I, I, I would think about it. Now, I don't know the way the rest of football thinks about Kellen Mond. You know, I don't. I don't. You know, I mean, Kellen Mond, I'll be shocked if he's not gone by the top 45 picks of the draft. I would he, think yeah. about it. I think he could play that style of football. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the very least, he could sit there and be a backup. And he's got elite traits. Like and he I told will be you. there at 19. I would think he'd yeah. be there. Yes, yeah. I would think he'd be there. But, I, I don't, again, I don't think they need to be forced in that corner. You know, they're, 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 I think, looking at it going, wait, quarterback doesn't make or break us with the way they play or want to play. You know, again, I think they're a team that wants to run the ball. They're going to try to get another weapon opposite of Terry McLaurin. Mm-hmm. And we saw last year with below average quarterback play, they went to the playoffs. I mean, below average. It, it really was. It was just quarterbacks where it was like, hey, don't, don't mess the game up. 
Yeah. Don't mess the game but up. They, they were allowed to make the playoffs that way because of the division they were in. Okay. Well, I know. But the division will be better. And I think they're going, we're, we're, we're going to be better, too. Mm-hmm. And I do think Ryan Fitzpatrick certainly an upgrade from anything they had last For sure. year. For so sure. So that's, you know, I, I'm just, that is intriguing. I yeah. don't know what their next move is. Yeah. But the way it sits right now, it makes me think there's a good chance that they might just go into the year with these are their three guys, and they're happy with it. I would Unless think maybe so a too. quarterback they really love fell to them at some point of the draft where they yeah. went, well, we didn't expect him to be here. Yeah. Maybe we do this now. Even then, with the, with, with the money they gave Fitz, you pointed out, and yeah. with the way, I know it was only one game, but with the way Heineke played, sure. you're thinking, man, we can, we can be just fine with either one of these two guys. Oh, I, I just I don't know how not. You know, I, I really don't. There's too many quality things about this football team. To where you look at them, yeah. and I just go, you know, what, what, what's not to like? They lost some heartbreakers early in the year when mm-hmm. they were trying to find their way, you know, in that way. And then we saw what their defense can do. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think they're far off. And, yeah, it's an interesting move by them and, and a good move, I think, for them signing Brian Fitzpatrick. Because of how stacked they are on that defensive line, they've done so well up front of the draft, high end of the draft. Edge defender is not part of the conversation with Washington right now, but no. let's go there because there were some big names out yeah. there signing the last day. Right. Who counts as your best fits? And I'm going to throw out here Yanni Kangakwe to yeah. the Raiders, right. Bud Dupree to the Titans, Carl Lawson Jets, Trey Hendrickson to the Bengals, and a lot of big names still available. So we'll get to those guys. But of those who have signed, what do you like most? They're all good. That's the one thing. If I took one theme from yesterday. Like them all. Well, it was it was it was smart signings. Mm. It wasn't like hey, think about what you just said with with, with edge rushers, smart signings, I know, free I know, agent. I know. Doesn't always go that way. No, it does not. It's usually a bunch of like there's this few splash signings yeah. where it's just like we want the biggest superstar. We want to show our fans we're willing to spend money and we're paying this guy we all. And you're like, it. whoa, yeah. hey, they're doing all this. There was none of that, you know. That's why I think there's some big names still out there because, like, some of those guys in a year, again, where the cap space is different and lower, there, there's got to be some different thought process by these teams altogether. All of those guys fit their scheme. Mm. They really do. Now, Carl Lawson, I love that. Yeah, they're looking – Robert Sala's looking for his – Nick Bosa, D. Ford-type guy that helped them get to the Super Bowl. True pass rusher. Get wide, come off the edge, and just get after the quarterback. And we don't need you to worry about the run all that much, okay? We just want you to create havoc that way. So that's a great system fit. You know, Yannick Ngakwe out with the Raiders. Same defensive system. It's Gus Bradley, Russ Robert Sala. You know, they're all, they were all up in Seattle. Gus Bradley was in Tampa with me. Of course, was the old Jacksonville head coach. But they were all up in Seattle at one point, in Seattle's prime of the Legion of Boom, and that's the scheme they're running. Raiders need Yannick Ngakwe. I'm not saying that's my second favorite fit, though. So I think I would go, the fit I like the most mm-hmm. is Bud Dupree. Yep. I mean, Bud Dupree is just a stud, a man's man. You disappointed Pittsburgh let him out the door? Yeah, but I mean, with that kind of – I didn't know if anybody would offer that kind of contract with yeah. a, still a torn ACL and no, like, insurance that he's going to be totally 100% by the time the season starts or training camp. I'd have a hard time thinking he's 100% Bud Dupree by week one in the NFL season. Mid-season, though? Mid- mid-season, you might get there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what they're going. They're going, okay, so what? We can deal with – you know, him getting his feet back underneath him and all that, because he really is, again, this is Vrabel. This is a 3-4 defense, you know, in theory. 
It's his kind of guy. It's a New England kind of guy. You know, it's like we talked about with Matt Judon. Oh, it's a 3-4 this week. He could play outside linebacker. Oh, this week it's more of a 4-3, and we need you to put your hand on the ground and be a defense end and the three-point stands. Like, he can do all that. So that probably is my favorite fit for a team that sucked yeah. at rushing the quarterback. You know, that, that was a, a good job by, by them. You know, Hendrickson with the Cincinnati in the last one, that, that, that one to me is just they threw a lot of money at him yeah. for the first year. And he's the one that I've, you know, you've heard me say, I just go, I don't know how much money I would have thrown at a guy who I believe got six sacks the first three years of his career and then last year had this big year. And Carl Lawson's the same thing. But Carl Lawson is more injury-related. When Carl Lawson is healthy, it's consistent poppage on the film. Consistent poppage. That's a technical thing. That's new, yeah. Yeah, but it is. Where you're always like, man, who is this guy off the edge? You know, and now the health, they're, they're risking it with that, that. But I liked all those fits for the most part is what okay. I'm saying. But Dupree and Lawson, I guess, were my favorite. It's such a coveted position this time of year. I want to get to your, your favorite of the still available before yeah. we move on. So Jadavian Clowney, Melvin Ingram, Alden Smith, Carlos Dunlap, Hassan Reddick, Justin Houston. Anybody jump out there of, of those left? If you missed out on the top four or five, we're going to get one. Which one would you like there? <sighs> Same again. There's Reddick. Yannick, Justin, he just Dunlap, Dunlap, Ingram, Smith, yeah, Clowney. Yeah, I mean, you know, Clowney is it's risky with the injury and that, with injury history and all of that. So I mean, yeah, when he's healthy, he's still probably the most beastly of that crew. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I the Hassan you'd say Melvin Ingram. Well, I'm getting there. It's going to okay. be who I'm going to say. Yeah, Hassan Reddick. He's, again, a guy that can do a lot of different things for your defense. I mean, literally can put him at middle linebacker, outside linebacker, 4-3 defense end. But I'm sure because of his stats and everything else, he's probably priced himself a little high. And as for these teams are going, wait, we're not going to pay you for, you know, your four-game sack output last year that you basically had. Yeah. That, that, that to me there. So, yeah, Melvin Ingram is the guy. There's no doubt. Um, now, he's – little banged up. He's had those issues too, but to me it's the most consistent player and I would think Melvin Ingram still got a good 2-3 years mm-hmm. left in the tank and he can do everything well on the edge of that defense. Let's go to the offensive yeah. line, buddy here, the uh, specifically the interior of the offensive line. Who upgraded the most? Corey Lindsay, Corey Lindsley to the Chargers, right. Joe Tooney to the Chiefs, Kevin Zeitler to the Ravens. Yeah, I mean I like again, I like all of those. I mean the one I think that you know, the Ravens Getting Zeitler for basically two years, $16 million, is basically what the contract boils down to. How do you think Joe Burrow feels? Yeah, oh, I, I know. I, I hear you. I, I thought maybe that would be a place where he'd reunite. But mm-hmm. that was a great signing by the Ravens. Finding a guy who's coming to the end of his career and you're going, if we give him you know, $10 million right up front this year, he, that might be good. And we get good two years out of him. That's yeah. all we need. So that, that is great. But I think the one that jumps out to me is the Chargers. Because, yes, we know they need to improve their offensive line. you got a special quarterback. The receivers are you know, they're pretty much in place there. you got to be happy with that. You know, the running game has been the downfall of them. Pass protection has been the downfall. So, Lindsley, as we talked about, clearly the best center in football. And then I even love that they got Matt uh, um, uh, Feeler from, from the Steelers. That was, that was big, too. Feeler has got 
he can play right tackle or guard. He played right tackle two years ago, played guard last year, did very good there. So that's like they got a two-and-one there to fit it, fit it all together. I thought those was probably, you know, the, the best offensive line moves. I love Tooney, certainly. I mean, yeah. we know the Chiefs need it. Yeah. But I think the Chargers, uh, you know, killed it as far as that's concerned. There's some real dot connecting to thinking about what the Chiefs did on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. So they cut Eric Fisher yeah. and Mitchell Schwartz on Friday. Right. And then they signed Tooney. Uh, good question here from at Das Batlam. Love the pod. Is Joe Tooney, Joe Tooney worth more than both Fisher and Schwartz? Because that is a fair way of looking at it. Yeah, right. Well, I think there's, you know, first off, it with with Fisher, where he's at, the quality of play, coming off that injury, Achilles mm. tear. At in his early, probably in his early thirties. Yeah, I, yeah. It just yeah. to me that's risky. Yeah. And maybe, and I'm thinking they know something about Mitchell Schwartz too. It's a back injury. So there, you know, what I'm thinking there's something more there than we know as far as that health. So, yes, from that standpoint, Tooney, who is definitely one of the top guards in the sport, and what I would say is, you know, equally balanced. And, okay, he's not the best run-blocking guard, but he's one of them, Mm. right? He's not the best pass-blocking guard, but he's one of them. You know, so he has that New England versatility, too. And, you know, Mike asked me today on the show, he's like, if you're Mahomes – you know, what's Mahomes better with? Dealing with guys coming off the edge or guys right up the middle in his face and all that? And I just, I kind of thought, you know, the edge guys, it seems that he can make them miss more. You know, so many times in the game, that last game. Oh, my gosh. It was stunts or people shooting through, you know, the B gaps between the guard and the tackles and those type of things where they had issue. Or it was just, hey, yeah, we got, we got pressure around the edge. But Vita Vea is pushing everybody back. And so now Mahomes had a run back. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing Andy Reid's looking at that going, wait, this guy, run, he's a great run blocker. He's awesome in the screen game, whether it's running backs or wide receiver screen game. Tooney is awesome and in they space. So, they're so creative They that can way. do that, right? Point. And they need to be even more creative with it. And then I think they're probably like, hey, as long as we give 15 a place to step up, yeah. he can make these guys on the edge miss and do that. So – uh, it's, it's a course. It's a tough one altogether, but I, I think they know what they're doing. Keep this in mind, uh, questioner. Yeah. Andy Reid, it's like the Steelers. They have an eye for receivers. Andy Reid, oh, he's got an eye for I guarantee he's got a few guys coming up the ranks mm-hmm. or even some low-level free agents where he's going, I can rebuild this O-line. I'm pretty damn good at O-line stuff and evaluation. He's proven that throughout his career. And in recent years in Kansas City, he's taken guys early interior on the offensive line and started them yeah. and had success there right. that way too. Right. Staying in the AFC West with this position, more on Lindsley to the Chargers. The armchair GM3 asks, how would you now feel about the Chargers going after Trent Williams? Ooh. I mean, I'm, I'm all for it. I mean, you know my thoughts on Williams. Let me just let's look, let me look at where the Chargers are total as far as – I mean, tackle play is certainly an issue with the Chargers. I would, I mean, where they sit here right now, and you know, this might not be totally up to date, but at 38 million left, mm-hmm. I'd be thinking about it. How much is he going to cost? You think? I would say 20 million a year. Yeah. Maybe north of that. I know, maybe a little north of that. Would you do it for more than 20? I mean, 20 seems. 
about the limit, high teens-ish. I know. Laramie Tunzel's <coughs> making 22. I don't think Trent's totally, like, selfish to where he's going to just go, oh, i got to be the highest-paid guy in the game. Hmm. But it, I can live with $20 million a year for Trent Williams. He's too awesome, like, as you've heard me say. He's the best left tackle in football, in my opinion. Wide receiver, Corey Davis to the Jets. Ooh. Good move? It is a good move. He's the Kendrick Bourne for the 49ers and Shanahan. You know, he's going to be that guy. You know, and I know people, you're going to go, well, yeah, all right, but he's the better version of Kendrick Bourne. And Kendrick Bourne's better than you think. He really is. But I do. They need weapons at wide receiver of the Jets. They're, they're malnourished. You're going to run that system. He's that guy. He's going to be, again, you know, yeah, he's working down the middle, running the post. Oh, he's working down the middle. You think he's running the post. Oh, no, it's a 20-yard curl route. He read the coverage on the fly. He does that. Oh, it's a 20-yard play action. He's running the post. Oh, no, he stuck his foot in the ground. He ran a post corner, and he does that. You know, so Corey Davis is a really good route runner. And then on top of that, you know, like Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne, it's still not just about routes. There is big playability. I mean, Corey Davis has what? I mean, he caught a 70-yard touchdown pass last year and a few other big plays. I do. I love... And I don't know, the both Davis signings for the Jets. Because they got Gerard Davis, a middle That's linebacker. Right. Yep. That was killer. You know, again, they need a guy at the middle of that Seattle scheme that can fly around and knock people's heads off and have no regard for their body. That's what Jared Davis is. So that's where I look at the Jets. I mean, we talk about the Pats winning day one. I think the, the Jets, Jets are probably yeah. the team I look at to go, I like what they did a lot, too, and they win day two. I and mean, they're, they're second in day one. And more loaded with draft picks than any other team, too. So pretty, a lot of Jets fans around here, they, a lot of reason for, for optimism. Uh, side note here, if you're Ryan Tannehill this morning, how are you feeling? John, you, you, has gone. Yeah. Davis is gone. Right. Offensive coordinator's gone. He's the new head coach hey, of the Falcons. Yeah. I know. I mean, Yes. But they got Derrick Henry Life and A.J. Brown. the big Brown, leagues, yeah. You know, some other good tight ends to go along with it. And a decent O-line. So maybe Bud Dupree can, can play tight end maybe, as well. well. He's yeah. going to go, well, maybe we can sack the quarterback this year and do some and of that too that and way. get me the ball back. Yeah. Uh, staying with wide receivers, some big names still out there. And the question is, why the weights on everybody else? Kenny Galladay, Juju Smith-Schuster, right. or does Samuel come to mind? Yeah, well, to me, it goes back to the reduced salary cap smart signing conversation you know teams are feeling this out a little bit Mm -hmm. and those are guys that I think we're looking to be monster paydays you know that's the big thing there so that's where again we're at a lesser salary cap at 182.5 or whatever they expect it to be you got to remember and Florio's made this point I think he's spot on Most teams planned for, yeah, it's less than what it was last year, but they were planning for the growth of what it should have been if the pandemic didn't hit. So you're really getting around like it's 25 to $30 million less than what teams expected the 2021 cap to be. So that plays into it. So teams aren't just going to go, oh, Kenny Galladay is the top free agent in the market. Well, we got all this huge salary cap number this year. We'll be okay. Let's throw them $18 million a year. No. You've been hurt. You played six games last year. You know, there's been other injury moments. So I think that gives teams trepidation Mm. with that kind of money he's asking for. And the same thing with Juju. I think he's probably asking for 
low-level, big-time number one money or something like that. So I think you just saw teams right away just go, wait, we're going to fill our needs with players we like that also have economic value Mm -hmm. instead of going – Wait, let's get one guy, and oh, and oh, crap! Now, wait, we had three other spots we wanted to fill, but man, we gave Galladay or Juju all that money, and how are we going to do this now? And I think you know, you're seeing teams take the other approach this year because of the, the tight squeeze they're in. Don't you think once their numbers, if it goes this way, are yeah. those, are those top three guys, a couple of days go by, nobody offers them the big time money they want. Once their ask goes down, let's say twenty percent they would be in high demand, all three of them, right? I, I, I would think so. There's no doubt. I mean, they're, they're all good players. Mm-hmm. They definitely are. But, like, yeah, it's going to be about what that number they're asking for, you know, really is. And, like, you know, a guy like, let, let's just say. So um, what's that, what would that number be for Galladay? I, I would think Galladay is probably asking for something in that, 18, $19 million dollar a year range. What would it have to come down to where if you're a GM, you say, that, that's awesome. That's a deal that I want. I think probably like 15 or 16. Okay. Yeah. I think they're probably going to look at it. It's not that much of a drop. It's not a huge drop. But, you know, when you get down to 15 or 16 as compared to 18, that's another player or maybe two on your roster. Mm-hmm. So I think that's how teams look at it too. But, like, what, what was the wide receiver – Franchise tag this number. Godwin got what, 15 and change, or was it 16 and change, something like that? You know, I, I would think those are the numbers that maybe a, a Galladay is probably, probably looking at because he's not going to be. I don't think he's going to be looked at as like just a huge superstar, must-have right. Odell Beckham Jr., Julio Jones type of free agency. He's really good, but that next level down. And then like Juju, you know, again, it's about what he's asking for. And I would think he's asking for a little less than Galladay. Yeah. He's asking for, what, 15, 16 a year? I think more. Yeah, I would think teams are probably going, I wish you would come down to 13 or 14 a year or something in that range. A Twitter question from Ralph Ralph Del Sardo about Juju that some people, I I think in the last year people may think this. I'm going to throw it out there. Yeah. Does his social media antics bother or worry you if you're going to sign him, or is that just the world we live in? Well, I, I, no, I, I don't think it's going to bother teams. I think they're going to probably say something like, hey, we don't want you doing, you know, middle of the field on the emblem before the game, TikTok yeah. dances yeah. and all that. Other than everything else, I don't think they're going to have any issue with. It's just, it's just that. When it crosses over lines into business and it becomes a thing, then, yeah, it's then, then viewed as a distraction, which it kind of was what it became at the end of the year in Pittsburgh. It was all good when they were 11-0. Right. But then people <laughs> made light of it, and te- other teams and players made comments about it. He was being headhunted. Mm-hmm. Then he dropped a few balls. Then he fumbled a ball against Cincinnati. Bad combo And it all things. became, you know why? Because you were yeah. focused on TikTok before the game. Of course. That's why. Yeah. And that becomes an annoyance to a head coach. To then now where Mike Tomlin at the end of the year is going, we're going to have a discussion yeah. about that, yeah. right? He didn't care when they were 11-0, <laughs> but it became a thing, and then he does have to care. So I don't think it will affect him overall, though. He's a good guy. People like Juju. Mm-hmm. He's got niceness in his eyes. He's a nice person. Everything about him. Uh, so I don't think it's going to affect him. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. 
Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Defensive backs, uh, a couple weeks ago, I remember you speaking very well of John Johnson. Uh, yeah. Formerly of the Rams, now going to be a Brown. Top 10 safety, I think you labeled him. I think so. I mean, top five-ish, yeah. Yeah. What do you that think was, of that signing? Like, must have. Like, we talked about the Browns, right? We thought maybe Levante David would go there because yeah. they need those right. Seattle scheme linebackers, and then they need the Seattle scheme safeties. That's the issue of their defense right now. Defensive line's in a good spot. Corners are a good spot. It's that safeties and middle linebackers. And, and John Johnson, like, he can do both a little bit. He's phenomenal at free safety and coverage, like you've heard me say in the back end. And he really could get up in the box and play some strong safety. Like, he's not going to be a, a killer, but he's going to make tackles. And I was really shocked about the price tag. I saw three years, $33 million, I went, oh, oh, that's a damn good deal. I thought, really, he would be a guy that would maybe More. get 13, $14 million a year. Excuse me. But – and I, I don't know, his agent did say that he was offered more money, hmm. that he liked this spot the most. Huh. You know, yeah, we always got to question that, whether how real that was. But yeah, yeah, either know. way, that was perfect, I think, for him because they need a player like him and really perfect for the Browns and what their, their scheme asks. Interesting zooming out a little bit and looking at the Browns' free agency behavior the last five years. Yeah. And it's a pretty good statement about how they're being led right now, different kind of leadership and where they are with their roster that – they're not the giant splash, hey, look at what we're doing kind of players right now. This one makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But not a lot of other volume coming from them the last day. No, they don't. They don't. You know, you, again, you break them down. They don't need a ton of volume. They don't need it's much. It's new. It's kind of a I new. I know. It's a new twist on Browns football. Yeah. You know, even last year, I mean, to your point, they went out there and they signed Jack Conklin, you know, to good right tackle money. You know, Austin Hooper to good tight end money. But it wasn't about the splash. They have the sizzle. Yeah. They got Baker and Odell and Jarvis and the Chubbs and the Kareem Hunts. They needed some true stake now. And, yeah, they got the O-line. That's all fixed. Uh, but, no, they're a team that, again, it's, it's not far off. I mean, it, it's really not. They're one of them that you just go, you keep intact right. and just add one or two guys. You're going to be real yeah. dangerous. Cornerback Ronald Darby to the Broncos. Yeah. Your thoughts? Still, like, good football player. You know, you can put him on an island. He can cover people. Is he shut down, locked down? No. I mean, he's not that. But, like, a guy that you go, hey, we're happy to have him as our number two corner on our football team over here. That mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. I like Ronald Darby. Guys like that you got to have on your football team. Why the weight? And this is a similar question we asked about some of the receivers a couple of moments ago. But why the weight, you think, for the other corners? 
William Jackson, Shaquille Griffin, Richard Sherman, Patrick Peterson, Malcolm Butler, Xavier Rhodes. Well, like the receivers, I think a few of the guys at the top are probably pricing themselves out a little bit, which would be like the William Jackson guy who I would look at there. Like the receivers, like the A.J. Greens and the T.Y. Hiltons and the Patrick Petersons and the Richard Shermans, these aren't guys that, again, are going to be like top priorities for teams. They're not going to be like, oh, we got to have the 12-year wide receiver on our football team (laughs) or the 10th-year corner right Right. now this second. No. You know, so one, there's not going to be that like, hey, we got to get this done right now from the football teams. And two, you know, for guys like Sherman and Patrick Peterson and A.J., they're going to see how the things shake out a little bit. You know, how does the market play out? Ooh, what did these teams do to address wide receiver? Okay, now let me recalculate and see what teams need receivers as we go on through to free agency. So I think that's the big thing, again, more than anything. And, you know, DB, there's less top-end guys on the market. Really, the only guy that I look at to be, like, top-end, where I think you see big money, it is William Jackson. Uh, I really do. I think the other guys, again, you know, Richard Sherman's still real good, but it's not going to be like a wow contract. Patrick Peterson, same type of thing. You know, same with Shaquille Griffin and, and those type of players where it's good money but not groundbreaking money. The, the DB class to me is headlined by Kareem Jackson, and, yeah, I think it's the same conversation as the receivers. Got to get in one question here under the, uh, under the title of Robin Hood signings. Yeah. Addy M27, can you go over some of the players that got signed that weren't mentioned on the last podcast that you think were sneaky good additions? Oh, well, let's see. I'd go with um, the Titans with the Nico Autry. Okay. Right? That would be one that would pop out to me. Again, a, a defense that needed difference makers up front. Autry is DN, D tackle, disruptive. So he's going to add to their pass rush and their disruption that they did not have. I think that's a really good one. Um, you know, Samson Ecubom for the 49ers, you know, they got him from the Rams. He'd be a guy I'd look at to go, that's a good signing by them. They need a little more depth on the edge. He can play defense and a little stand-up outside linebacker. He's got a – I mean, he's built like a Greek god. I would go, that's a nice depth signing to their football team. Not going to be like, wow, oh, my gosh, what a free agent they got. It's going to be a lot of, like, just through the year, we're going to go, that's a nice play by that guy. That guy's a good player. Okay, Got to have guys got, like Got to have guys yeah. like that, right? So that would be some that I look at. Roy Robertson-Harris for the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, their defense, what they do. You know, again, he can play D-tackle, move out to defense end in certain things. I love those kind of guys. So that would be another guy I would throw out there as far as Jacksonville. Good job. Them actually, too. Rayshon Jenkins, the safety from the Chargers they got. You know, he's a heat-seeking missile, this kid. He really is. He looks to knock your head off as a strong safety. So not huge money, but good money. I think that's a guy that probably jumps out to me. Um you know, I think that would probably be the ones it's more good, or less that list. were special to me. Yeah. You know, the, here's another thought that people, I heard a lot of people, Darius Williams got the high tender for the Los Angeles Rams, which means they had to pay him, I think it ended up being like three point something million total, where I know a lot of people in Florio and I talked about this, where they went, if they second round tendered him, it would have saved them a million and a half dollars 
And it's very rare teams. So you know, 4.8, Pete? So 4. it would have been three, three for the second round tenor. And, you know, it's rare that a team goes, oh, okay, we're going to offer that guy. And now, of course, give up a second round pick, mm-hmm. you know, to sign that guy to a contract. It, it is rare. But I think the Rams looked at it and probably went, wait, wait, we, we, this guy's a starting quarterback corner in the NFL. We think he's really good, right? Uh, we think he's really good, and we don't even want to entice anybody to think about stealing him or anything like that. Plus, we don't have a lot of depth on our team anyways or in the secondary. They're going to be drafting people again this year looking yeah. for that. So I think they just went, screw it. We'll pay 4.8 for a guy we really like. And we don't have to stress that somebody's going to come in and try to steal him for us. Yeah, probably not. For a second round, probably nobody would have. But maybe they've had some you know, information or inklings of teams that did like him a lot. And they just didn't want to risk like that. Sounds like good business. I, to me, it right? does. I know people are going to look at it and go, oh, they could have $1.5 million more. All right. Well, what they did is go, wait, we, for $1.5 million more, we're going to secure our starting corner who makes a lot of game, game-changing type of plays. Right. That's every position. We hit it all? That's the whole thing. And I, I think, you know, kind of driving in here to work today, my number one thought was I was so undersold leading up to it. Like, eh, it's not going to be that much – not, not going to be a real fun free agency frenzy this year because of the smaller cap and all that. Right. And then wait till next year. It's a great day of signings. A lot of good stories, great a lot of big day. names. Yeah, some pr- surprises. I mean, nobody would have the said Patriots the Patriots playing. were going to do that, right? I know. There's no way. You know, you look at them – uh, of course, what the Jets did, as we talked yeah. about, uh, I think, the you know, keeping people and some more key names, you know, that that's the other thing. And I think the, the biggest thing is what you've alluded to a few times, just some of the most marquee names. There was no movement or no yeah. rumors at all with those guys. So we'll see where that goes. That's going to it's going to be a weird year for those guys because they're all going to look at it. Some of these top end receivers and and DBs are going to look at it and go, wait, this guy last year got signed for this much. I'm just as good or better, and it's a year later, so I should make a little bit more, right? And teams are going to go, no, not necessarily <laughs> this year. We got a lot of work to do with our salary cap. We got issues. Right. You know, the market didn't go up for these guys. And I think you're going to have a few players who are going to have to kind of sit back and wait and start to realize the facts of the matter that they're not going to get exactly what they want this year. And so we're on, I mean, this is Tuesday, which is yeah. different than on Monday. And I think we're on Thursday, Thursday. We're instead of Wednesday, a few right? Days. Yeah, we're going to Thursday podcast it. I would think we're going to see a lot more action here in, like, the Wave 2 signings Galladay today, tomorrow. and Samuel probably be, be somewhere. I, I hope I we're would talking say, about I that. know. I'm going to say like a guy like Samuel might go before Galladay. Okay. I think Galladay, I can, I can see him kind of digging his feet in a little bit mm. going, wait, I, I want my money. I mm. want my $18 million a year or something like that. Same with Juju. I'm interested to see where that yeah, goes, right? too. Me too. Yes, definitely. But uh, we'll be all over it. We're going to keep keeping track here. Chris Sims on button. Paulie Burmeister, you the man. Good Thanks to for see driving you. the ship. You the guy it. has got, I mean, the guy's hosting sailing shows till one thirty in the morning, <laughs> and then he comes here. Now, he looks like he just got off the I boat, know. the sailing boat. It's a boat. bit of a sailing getup. That's all right. white shoes. It looks good. I, I don't have any Sperry Topsiders, though. So okay, good. Please. I'm, I'm drawing the line there. Thank you. Draw that line. Yeah, okay? okay, please. We don't need Docksiders here. <laughs> no, no Docksiders allowed on my You live in Greenwich, set. man. Come on. Yeah, well, they're not allowed on this set either. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll keep you up to date. Any questions about free agency, the draft, the quarterback stuff, still 
I'm done with wide receivers. I'm moving on to other positions. So uh, we're going to get all into it and hopefully have all your answers that you need. Peace out. See you Thursday. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.